Hello and welcome to a new episode of Museums Up, a series of podcasts from the Reinherit Project, a smart tool that provides you with current issues related to cultural heritage management, digital innovation, and sustainability in museums. The Reinherit Project is funded from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under Grant Agreement No. 101-004-545. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Jaime Lopez from Arte Sostenible, and you are listening to a new episode of Museum Sap, a series of podcasts from the Reinherit Project. The Transforming Museum, the Importance of the Museographic Language, is the title of today's episode. And to talk about this topic, I have invited Professor Eric Stengler, PhD in Astrophysics and Assistant Professor in Science Museums Studies at the State University of New York at Oneonta in Cooperstown. His outreach and teaching role focuses on the importance of museums to bring science to underserved communities such as hospitals or remote villages through activities and exhibitions. Eric has also worked as an astronomer in the field of cosmology and has been responsible during 12 years for educational activities at Eureka Science Museums in San Sebastián and at the Museum of Science at the Cosmos in Tenerife. Hello, Eric, and welcome to Museum SAP. Hello, Jaime. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> what is it and how has the museographic language developed over time and what influences has it received? So the museographic language is basically the language that museums speak just as other communications, media speak their own language, uh, movies speak the cinematographic language and music speak the, the musical language. Uh, museums have, have their own languages, their own language in singular. And um, it basically rests on a few assets that are unique to, to the museographic language, which is the, the objects, as we all know, but also phenomena and different um, aspects that you can build around those two main uh, elements of the language. The influences that it has received uh, are, are many because museums started as collections of objects, so the focus was on objects. Later on in the 20th century, we had the the introduction of the interactive science centers where the focus was mainly on phenomena rather than singular objects. And uh, now we are seeing a convergence of these two main influences into a combination of both and the development of a full, fully-fledged language that uses all the possibilities. And that's the fascinating aspect of, of being right now in, in, in this sector. So how can the museographic language be used to create a meaningful experience for museum visitors? Right, that's an interesting question. And I, I would rephrase it and say that, how could it not be? Uh, once, you, once you have a, a unique language that is not redundant with any other languages, and therefore you have a way of, of communicating and educating the public that does not overlap with other uh, ways of doing that, 
then uh, you can create a meaningful experience for visitors so that they uh, realize that they are experiencing something that they cannot uh, get anywhere else. Uh, it was said by one of the main uh, characters in, in, the, in the museum field that museums are not places to read books in standing position and uh, therefore uh, you, what you want is to use those elements that I mentioned earlier, objects and phenomena and metaphors based on those two and analogies and uh, the fact that the visitor is in the physical presence of those elements and the fact that the visit is a social visit where you can interact not only with the objects and the phenomena but also with the, with other visitors and create conversations that's what makes the visit unique and therefore meaningful and not redundant okay so what challenges do museums face right now in trying to create a museographic language that is accessible and understandable to a device and globalized audience well, I, I, I briefly mentioned that before. The, the main challenge is to, uh, uh, to use too much influences from other languages and rely, for example, on text panels, videos, and images that visitors could experience elsewhere. Uh, the challenge is to first to realize that the museums are unique in, in that they have this museographic language, this main tool to communicate. And once you realize that, then of course, the challenge is to, to use it and to its full potential. Uh, so therefore, I think um, <clears throat> the, the way to address those challenges is to create a new generation of uh, professionals that are trained in this regard and that know this museographic language uh, in, in full and, and all the possibilities that open up through it. Um, one of our uh, colleagues has recently published a book called The Museographic Language and uh, it's freely available on a, on a website called themuseographiclanguage.org and that's our starting point. Uh, what we want to do is to disseminate this idea among professionals and also and mainly among future professionals. That's what I do where I teach and that's what we try to do at the transformative museum initiative where we try to to disseminate this idea and create a, a new generation of professionals that are aware of this and therefore use the museographic language to its full potential. Mm -hmm. And I think that because the, the, the audience is very diverse today, it's important as well to adapt that language to different types of people, visitors at the museum, right? It's not an, it is not an easy task, I, I guess. Absolutely. The acknowledging and addressing the diversity is definitely part of it. And uh, it is through through the use of the museographic language with all its possibilities that you can actually reach uh, the most diverse audience possible because uh, all these possibilities and all the assets that the museographic language offers can be uh, intelligently used to, to address different learning styles, different uh, ways of interacting and, uh, and uh, addressing, for example, also cultural diversity 
and realizing that different uh, cultures, different audiences uh, react differently to to the same elements, and therefore they have to be used and put together in different ways depending on your audience. Adapting to audiences is absolutely essential. Right. Eric, thank you very much for your contribution to the podcast. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> We hope this episode has provided you with interesting tips about the misographic language. Thanks for listening to Misunsap, a podcast from the Ringheaded Project, and stay tuned for the next episode. We inherit, redefining the future of cultural heritage. For more information about the Reinherit project, go to reinherit.eu and check our social channels. Reinherit, make it your own.